is Off to the Races. You're listening to Kick Code Roundtable. I'm your host, Niels Christensen. Joining uh, Michael McRae is on, uh, is, he's in, on assignment. He's in Germany this week. Uh, but joining me today is Kiko correspondent Paul Harris. Paul? Hello. And joining us today is a somebody who's a friend of Kitco, here to talk about gold, Bitcoin, inflation, monetary policy, is Frank Holmes, CEO of U.S. Global Investors. Frank, um, you're a fan of the show, but this is the first time we've had you on uh, Roundtable, so welcome. Great to be here. Wheels up for gold, wheels up for tourism, flying and traveling. Uh, and Paul, there's a bunch of people who are flying to your conference. It's all up and go. That's right. We've got people coming in from um, Canada, the US, Mexico, Chile, Peru, Brazil. Um, somebody's even coming out from Australia. They've just opened up. So it's going to be packed. Wow. That's and I love that for my Jets ETF. Let them all fly in. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, before we get into talking about gold and cryptos, um, Frank, first tell us uh, about your firm, uh, US Global Investment. U.S. Global Investors is an investment advisor. It's a public company in the U.S. Uh, the ticker is GROW. We're known for our research. I have 100,000 readers in 80 countries. We publish every week on the world of gold to crypto to luxury goods to our well-known brand in, in economic macro data has been PMI, Purchasing Manufacturers Index. So people can go to usfunds.com and subscribe to Frank Talk. It'll put you to sleep. No, I, I doubt that. And you, uh, your ETFs. My ETFs. Well, we're known for a big, big ETF has been Jets. It's been a major home run during this whole con. And it has been a, an incredible um, price discovery. It's all about price discovery and millennials coming in and Warren Buffett being dead wrong. Uh, I always like to say that Franco Nevada has far outperformed Berkshire Hathaway, gold royalty, the premier and biggest. So you think of these guys capitulating, Jets has become this great contrarian bet, bet on the vaccine will take place, uh, bet on an economic rebound. And this week, we had two really significant factors happen. November the 8th was the first time in two years that everyone from Europe can fly in and nonstop, whereas before you got stuck in Canada for 14 days or Mexico City. And when I flew over to Dubai a couple of weeks ago and last month to Sweden, Full going out, half empty coming back. Now they're all going to be full. So I think November the 8th was very important for global travel. And the CPI numbers came out. And they were just all of a sudden, people couldn't believe the numbers could be so high. I did a video nine months ago about fake CPI numbers. And I think something I've really learned well from the crypto space is the word FUD, how governments come out with with false information or create uncertainty, maybe, or doubt. So everyone using Bitcoin has got to be criminal. Everyone using gold has got to be narcos or something. So I, I think we have to really recognize this whole, all these investors of what's coming into the capital markets, they're changing the landscape. Uh, and these new, new social media platforms uh, are, are really changing how the world looks at investments. Well, let's start with uh, CPI numbers because that was that was the thing that kicked everything off. I mean, gold uh, gold having its best week since early May. Um, it's up uh, more than two. Last time I checked, it was up like two point six percent on the week, um, and it's all because of this CPI data. It rose six point two percent in August. 
the biggest increase in more than 30 years, more than three decades. Um, and I just, I wanted to get your thoughts though, uh, Frank. And I think it's, it's, I agree with you. You know, everybody knows that inflation is here. You know, the, the headlines have been, this is going to be the most expensive Thanksgiving uh, in the U S on record. Um, and I guess like, you know, but what, what this number did for me, and I just, you know, sort of want to get your thoughts is that it's really added this fear that inflation is out of control. What, what do you think? I mean, is, is inflation out of control? Mr. Market out there knows inflation is greatly understated. And that was the big part. If you use shadow statistics, which uses the 1980 algorithm or model, inflation is at 14%. I know my gas prices are up more than 4.5.6%. I know that the cost of construction for housing, I saw my insurance premiums go up. And I said, why did they go up so much? I had nothing to claim on. They said, oh, the replacement value has gone up because of lumber and steel and copper prices. So immediately the replacement costs have to go up and we have to charge you a 20% increase, a 20% increase. So when they come out with this data, it's five points, such as 30 year number, it's still greatly understated. And I've been saying this now, pounding the table that the big trade this quarter is gold. Gold is, is has historically, uh, in this, this century, 80% of the time, and it's lagging. How can real estate be up 19%? How could so many of these other things that we need and consume be up so greatly in gold? So I sort of, you know, I'm not a big conspiracy thinker, but God has done a lot of good research on, on, on this using the futures market to suppress gold. Well, all that means to me is that when it takes off, it'll be so fast. People will say they didn't know what happened. Uh, and I think that gold should be at $4,000 a day. Uh, with simple math, if you look at the two-year government bond, the five-year government bond, and the 10-year government bond, and 10-year government bonds, all securities are priced off for discounted cash flow models, It's the, it says gold should be priced substantially higher. And I believe we're on that traction now that it's going to have a run. Okay, so the question is then, why is it taking this long? I mean, you know, we've had inflation above 5% for, for what, uh, uh, five months now? Um, and gold just, like, it, it really, like, it's, it's been really lackluster. Now it's taking off. You know, what was, what do you think is, is sort of the secret sauce now that's in the markets? Well, there's, there are big changes with the G7 and the G20, particularly the G7. When the G7, I've written about this, that they function like a cartel, uh, like OPEC is a cartel. And, and, when you say, well, why would you say that? Well, the real sort of uh, hammer to the nail was this year when they said they're going to have a 15% minimum tax between all corporations. Really? So they're actually, that's just one part of the fiscal policy. Now, monetary, they central banks all get together. They talk all the time. They have synchronized global taxation and regulation policies, not global trade, but synchronized taxation and globalization. And it is also MMT, modern monetary theory. So they work together, therefore, and they keep their currencies sort of doing everything to keep them relatively attractive to each other. They can continue this money printing and, and function with their policies as climate change is the reason for it. A carbon tax is going to do this. Just recognizing that they are working together. And it's pretty powerful, Niels. It's very powerful. You look at the size of the EU and the US and put those GDPs together. That's massive. And then you throw in Japan. 
uh, we're talking about something really significant on global trade. Yes, China's a most populated and big monster, but the, the, those three entities are powerful. They're all working together. So I think the worst thing for them is to have gold jump to 10,000. That's the worst thing because it's going to basically say that their monetary policies are massively flawed. Uh, so could they be working together? Yeah, it's just not a beyond reasonable doubt. Um, but that doesn't matter. It's a great trade. You want to be able to be ahead of it. And based on math of monetary money printing, real interest rates, gold is just a great buy. Mm-hmm. Well, OK, let's let's talk about monetary policy. Last week, um, you know, the Fed announced that it was tapering bond purchases, but said now is not the time to raise interest rates. Um, you know, and, and we said we actually saw, you know, the BOE come out. Um, you know, they were supposed to raise interest rates and they didn't. Um, where do you think monetary policy is headed? I mean, can interest rates go higher um, or is are they just going to try to to talk? Well, I think they've slowed down. I think the number is now the U.S. Uh, as a leader of the pack to eight trillion dollars. So their sort of monetization is, is the momentum has slowed down. So they're not raising rates and I don't think they're going to do it right away. I also think from a political point of view, it's much better to keep the market up uh, and and the economic engine growing here because Biden didn't really win by a wide margin over Trump. And there's still lots of that fighting going back and forth between them. And if the market, Trump was the one that said uh, he looked at the stock market every day, checks his hair, looks at the market. He's the first president to really do this. So now we have a president that says if the stock market's up uh, and the economy is doing okay, that they can get back and get control of Congress and the Senate. So I think that I we're going to see a pretty strong next year also. Uh, and, and, and so I think there's much more um, sort of protection amongst each other. But be as it may, the money printing is continuing. Uh, if you, and, and I was also told you can't get big size in gold. If you want to go and get a thousand ounces delivered to you, it's really difficult. First, AML concern. Then it's, no, I'm a jewelry business. I need it. Well, we can't get it to you tomorrow. We can't deliver it any time. We can give you a hundred ounces, not a thousand. Uh, I'm told by friends of mine in the commodity business that trade metals that they can't get size and galvanized anything. They can't wow. get size of aluminum like they used to be able to. So, we're seeing these backlogs happening everywhere. And what is the cheapest that's not performed really on a relative basis is gold. So that's why I love the metal and silver will make a tear with it. Um, so I think be positioned and go AU, which is our, our quant ETF. It, we follow hundred gold producers in the world. And it's the highest and largest percentage of gold producers showing free cash flow. Their PE ratio, their free cash flow yield, their EBITDA ratio is cheaper than the market. That's just unusual. So I think any pop and waking up uh, investors, you're going to see these gold stocks rip. Paul, uh, just to add on to that, you know, there there are certain sort of government policies or, or government approach to policy, economic policy that are hugely unpopular with voters, and we've seen this again and again and again. One of those is austerity, i.e., where government tries to sort of cut spending to you know balance its books, and um, that 
tends to make people poorer than they were. And in, in a similar vein, raising interest rates will do a similar thing because that directly takes money out of people's pockets. And given the, the high levels of, let's say, consumer, consumer credit, homeowner credit, that kind of thing, raising interest rates is uh, will not be a popular policy amongst the, the electorate because it will mean more of their income is going out to service debt rather than spending it on other things they would either need or would prefer to spend it on. So it's a, a very difficult uh, line or, or for, for a government to balance. Well, and not only that, I think partly too is, you know, will interest rates um, create more inventory, you know, in, in metals or create more inventory in, in uh, uh, computer chips? You know, will it will it bring more meat into into grocery stores? I just you know, like I think monetary policy right now is is really limited. So you know, like is there anything uh, the Fed can do to really tamp down inflation? Uh, Frank, do you think you know this is just the start of something that's uh, much bigger uh, uh, concern? Well, it, it's we have COVID as a crisis layered on top of. Uh, climate change. And some of the climate change policies are so um, designed because it's emotional, not because they're really thinking about energy demands out of Germany. So Germany shuts down all its nuclear reactors, and now there's a massive scramble for electricity. Uh, and, and it's so disruptive what they've done. Um, United Nations, along with the climate change advocates, uh, and I'm a big believer in clean air and clean water, but their policies are much more for me, the carbon tax, all this stuff is about a ta taxation model for governments. And so I have to sit back and try to analyze all as an emotional thing of climate change, but it's creating policies that cut out any oil from Venezuela can't go uh, basically can propel a ship around the world because it has a higher sulfur content. So a low crude oil, it gets barred, that wipes out 25% of all the big ships. Well, now you got to replace those ships uh, and that's going to cost you billions of dollars and timeline before the ships get replaced. So it's years now that there's a lack of shipping. They can't go into ports in New York. They can't go into ports in, in Singapore and Hong Kong. Uh, and, and I think that some of these policies don't think about the big global picture. They're just on this paranoia. Everything is climate change. Uh, and, and so you have to sit back and say, OK, some of it's real, but a lot of it's fun. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Where, where are the dislocations? Can I make money with it? That's my job. My job is not to lose money, as Warren Buffett says, but it's also really where can I make money with this, this thought process and can I be ahead of the curve? So climate change is real. Climate change is going through. Then where is it going to have its biggest implications for spending and government spending money? And can I invest in that area? So silver is going to be a big boom, and along with copper, there's no doubt, with all this infrastructure and climate change policies, 20% uh, of silver demand is now going for solar panels. Yeah, so, so then what do you, what do you and sort of bring us to maybe gold and silver, um, do you like the, the miners or the raw uh, uh, commodity? You know, do, you want to, do you want to hold physical gold and silver, or do you think they're, they're, the, the miners uh, – is, is the best play. Well, I think you just call Kitco and buy as many silver coins you can get and get them delivered to you and give them away for uh, Hanukkah presents and for Christmas presents this year. Because what happens when you buy and give someone a, 
a silver coin, they they don't throw it out. Uh, buy them a new uh, a Game Boy or something, and it's kid for, it's forgotten all about that the gift they got for Christmas or for Hanukkah. Give them silver coins because they're going to be trading at two hundred dollars. Um, <laughs> I, I actually, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I got a, I got a coin for Christmas, and I, I still keep it. Um, I, let's, let's turn now from, from gold to, to Bitcoin. I, I do like to think that these two are very much related. You know, they're, they're very much sort of in tandem. And this idea that you need uh, alternate currencies in, in this inflationary environment. Um, cryptocurrencies, they had a big week. Uh, their market cap hit three trillion dollars. Um, Frank, you know, what are your thoughts on on this market? Well, I have to go and change my hats, but before I do, I want to share with you. I spoke to the Denver Institutional Gold Forum this year, and and I try to educate people. And some people complain, how could a guy that's now also doing crypto mining be speaking at this forum? And and it was to try to inform CEOs that they have to use YouTube to message and do more podcast interviews, and most important to attract the buyer, like we have with high blockchain, is HODL. Hold on for dear life. Don't panic over the volatility and hold your gold. And, and I've mentioned this earlier to you that I wear an Ethereum shirt and I get high fives at airports coming into customs. They're, they're all into Bitcoin and Ethereum. The government is. So they're not into gold. But I wore this shirt the other day to the Spurs game against the Mavericks, and I got high fives from kids. Uh, and I mean kids because I'm so much older. I like I'm the Colonel Sanders of the crypto world. Uh, it, 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 it is interesting because they didn't see gold. They saw hodl. And that meant gold is good. So if, if I'm a, I have free cash flow, I'd only be wise and smart as a CEO of Barrick or a Newmont to say we're going to start not selling our gold because we believe in it. What these young kids is they want to invest in companies where management believes in the product, that they eat, that they cook and send to you, that it's not just something they throw out the door. And the gold industry really has shown that they don't care about their product and they don't really buy into the monetary, fiscal imbalances, et cetera. Uh, they, they don't really push that narrative where Michael Saylor with micro strategy does mm -hmm. he's 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 got a born again revival following of money printing and this is how he's going to make his money so i think that the supply side of gold could all of a sudden drop by 20% if all those gold producers uh started holding their gold they'll have mark to market price appreciation for their gold holdings and they'll be much more profitable. So I think that that's the big message I have. The only one I know that's doing it, Paul, is uh, Grand Columbia. Uh, I think they're holding 5% of their gold, uh, believing it's going to trade higher. Uh, so now crypto is, here's the big thing to recognize as gold investors. There's not gold forums like Paul's having all over the world. There's no scalpers out trying to pay $15,000 to come to the Wales event that he's hosting. Miami has that with, with 12,000, 13,000 people. The fire, fire marshal has to come in and force them to open up more gates to manage the people because it becomes a risk. You're not having that at gold events, but you're having this with crypto all over the world. Singapore, London, Frankfurt, um, uh, Switzerland. 
the Swiss conference uh, that's going to be, you, you have to make a, a test and it costs you $5,000 to go. 5000 You know, that, that's a lot of money. Wouldn't that be great for a conference, Paul? Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> 5000 a ticket. Uh, and, and if you got the CEOs in with the big fund managers, oh, that's $15,000 a ticket. So the crypto ecosystem, especially Bitcoin, is much broader than people recognize. And it's totally global. Gold's global too, but not as an investment theme the way Bitcoin is as an investment theme. And you have 12, 13,000 nodes looking at every transaction every 10 minutes. Do you think there's 10,000 analysts around looking at gold all day long? No. So that's the phenomena why it's limited in supply, only 21 million coins. Well, the world produces how many ounces a year, Paul? Is it 100 million ounces a year? 90 million ounces a year? Something like that, yeah. Well, this totally capped at 21. And now they basically allow you to buy on PayPal. You can't buy gold on PayPal. You can't buy my ETFs on PayPal, but you can buy Bitcoin. Bitcoin goes up. So those kids that put $1,000 in from their Trump check 18 months ago, it's worth, um, I think, 15000 What's the number? Uh, $15,000. It's not bad. They peel off a bit of it to go buy a new computer or television screen if it's in stock at Best Buy. They don't go to a bank. They don't have to call here or there. It's all done in PayPal. So there's something they have to recognize that the liquidity thing uh, events that are taking place and fractals. So the big fractals for investors for gold was the GLD. Well, we have now you can do an ETF that's of a futures of a future, but you really have the PayPal allows you to, in the Robinhood, to buy fractals. You don't have to go and spend $68,000. I, th- I think, one, you make a really interesting point uh, there, Frank, about how you know gold companies, um, they may start an NCIB, a normal course issue bid to purchase their own stock, but they're not, they don't buy their, their product. They don't try to, they don't buy their own product to, you know, let's say, increase scarcity of their product and therefore attempt to try and make the price rise, um, which is, uh, you know, is a good observation and a curious one too. And another one, Paul, a compliment as a money manager, we have to publish how much of our own funds we own. And if you don't own any, that's a, well, why don't you own what you're running? So, you know, every month I put more money every month into all my funds. And, and do you think, you take a look at how often you see CEOs of gold mining companies actually buy their own stock. They milk it off stock options. They don't buy their own stock. They can't wait to sell gold if it runs up and their stock goes up, exercise their options. So they should ought to really think through the thought process and say, stop crying. Why can't I get any followers? How come people don't love me? You know, holding your stuff. You know, I think that that's a much bigger message. And don't buy back your stock, increase your dividend or have a policy that you have that discipline. And don't do dumb acquisitions that that dilute the reserves per share and the cash flow per share. Um, I think the industry would go through a re-rating. I I have so many questions just after that one comment. Um, Just really quickly, so what are your thoughts on M&A? I mean, we did see uh, a big merger this week. Um, When we look at some of the activity that we've seen, are they dumb acquisitions or... Are they are they making sense now? I mean, have we have we learned from you know the, the mistakes of the past? Here's the math: if an merger of two companies is not accretive, 
on a revenue per share and a cash flow per share, that stock goes into the penalty box, as they would say in hockey. Uh, and you're in the penalty box based on just capital observations for 30 years of data. You're in the penalty box for 18 months. You've got all these problems. They all of a sudden you start showing your, your top line may be bigger, but actually on a per share basis, you've shrunk. And that's why GoAUs outperform the GDXJ because we only buy those stocks each quarter that have the strongest metrics on a per share basis. Dumb acquisitions, gone. All right, wait till they come back. I think again, there's a, there's a good logic there. I think um, I think I'm correct in saying that both Agnico Eagle Mines and Kirkland Lake, their share prices are still down from when the date when they announced the the transaction, despite gold having gone up what fifty dollars at least fifty dollars per ounce since then. So, so that it's it's about value metrics per share. But these guys all get together. Oh, look, my top line, we just grew by three billion. And I got this and I got that. And I've got more employees. The shareholders don't care. They look at value per share. Frank, this has been a fantastic discussion. Uh, but now we need to uh, look at the headlines. Uh, let's turn to the miners. But before, we, uh, before Paul jumps in, uh, we need to shout out to our sponsor, Cisco Mining. Cisco Mining is drilling out its flagship windfall gold deposit. One of the highest grade resource stage gold projects in Canada with world-class scale. If you follow the junior space, you've seen Windfall's headlines. Windfall is located in Quebec, a tier one mining jurisdiction operated by Osisco's team of trusted and experienced mining executives. It's also held the distinction of being Canada's biggest drill program. Windfall has announced a series of bonanza grades from drilling in a new discovery, uh, in a new discovery one kilometer north. A preliminary economic assessment of the project estimates that the first seven years of full operation would produce 300,000 ounces of gold per year at an average grade of 8.1 grams per ton gold and an all-in sustaining cost of $610 per ounce. Capital expenditure is just uh, $554 million Canadian dollars. Windfall is estimated to generate over $8.2 billion of gross revenue and $1.7 billion in taxes and generate hundreds of jobs. That's Osisco Mining and we thank them for their support. Paul, what are the headlines you're watching this week? It's a, it was a very good week for news. A lot of different things happening, a lot of interesting things happening. Following on from our sort of M&A comments, um, the big news of the week was that uh, Australia's new crest mining will acquire Pretium resources in a friendly 2.6 billion US dollar cash and stock deal to obtain the high-grade Bruce Jack Gold operation in uh, British Columbia in Canada. Newcrest said the deal is uh, made for value reasons, not synergies. Um, and so... Uh, let me start that bit again. Sure. So why did they buy London Gold? The deal was made for value, not synergy reasons, uh, according to the CEO of Newcrest Mining. And under the deal, Predim shareholders can choose to either receive $18.50 Canadian per share in cash or 0.81 of a Newcrest share for every share they hold. Shareholders who do not Elect either will uh, receive 925 cash and 0.4 of a Newcrest share. Newcrest already holds 4.8% of Predium. Uh, Bruce Jack is expected to produce over 300,000 ounces of gold per year at an all in sustaining cost of $743 per ounce over a 13 year life. Uh, Bruce Jack is a high grade deposit, uh, average grade of about 8.5 grams per ton, um, and it's about 140 kilometers 
from Newcrest, 70% owned and operated Red Chris Mine. Um, also on the MA front, a uh, different product though, Uranium Energy has agreed to buy Uranium One Investments, a subsidiary of Uranium One for $112 million US in cash and the replacement of a $19 million reclamation bonding. Uranium One is the world's fourth largest uranium producer, part of Russia's state atomic energy corporation, Rosatom, and has assets primarily including the Irigaray plant in the Powder River Basin of Wyoming, the most productive in-situ recovery uranium mining district in the Western Hemisphere. Irigaray is one of the largest central processing facilities in the US with a license capacity of 2.5 million pounds U308 per year. The deal will enable UEC to achieve synergies and savings with its permitted and nearby Reno Creek ISR project. Uh, it was an interesting week, week for uranium. As, uh, in addition to that, Greenland banned uranium mining and in Saskatchewan, the Clearwater River Dean Nation, uh, First Nation, expressed grave concerns about the, the growth of the uranium industry and how the, the, the lack of uh, consultation and participation in it. And they said it's a critical matter which could result in a challenge to project approvals, risk to projects and stranded investment. Um, back in gold, um, International Tower Hill published an updated pre-feasibility study for the Living Good project in Alaska in the US with improved economics, but uh, not yet to an attractive level. The new PFS improves the post-tax internal rate of return from near zero to more than 5%, uh, but other metrics were similar to the 2017 study. These include the $1.9 billion US capex, a 10-year payback, and more than 20-year mine life, an average annual production of around 300 ounces a year from reserves of about 9 million ounces. A big increase was in the gold assumption price, which increased from $1,250 per ounce to $1,680. In Nevada, IAT Gold announced a preliminary economic assessment for its Granite Creek Gold project for an open pit heap leach operation to produce about 138,000 ounces a year of gold for nine years. The project would yield an after-tax present value of $245 million at a 5% discount rate and an internal rate of return of over 34% at an all-in sustaining cost of $963 an ounce, following an initial capital cost of about $70 million. The company is targeting to ramp up to full production in 2022 with test mining to commence later this year. In Colombia, Aris Gold complemented uh, completed optimizations at its uh, Marmato project in Caldas, including a new design and a 4,000 ton per day processing facility, facility to expand on the existing upper mine operations. First gold production from the lower mine is expected towards the end of 2023. The company said it is ready to begin purchasing long lead order items. And for the lower mine, whose capital cost estimate remains in line with the pre-feasibility study estimate of $270 million. It also completed an updated mineral resource estimate, achieving a 42% increase in measured and indicated resources to 56.9 million tons, grading 2.0 sorry, grading 3.2 grams per tonne for 5.8 million ounces. And so finally, uh, Woolbridge Mining announced a maiden mineral resource estimate for the Fenelon Gold Project in the Detour Fenelon Trend in Quebec in Canada, uh, and an updated estimate for its Martinier Gold property some 30 kilometres away. The company declared a combined indicated resource of 43.6 million tonnes, grading 1.9 grams per tonne for 2.7 million ounces, and a total inferred resource of 1.7 million ounces. Thank you, thank you very much, Paul. Um, Frank, one to bring you back into the conversation. Uh, just, you know, listening to, to Paul's uh, headlines there, 
Um, talk a lot about gold. Talk a lot about Bitcoin. You know, what are your thoughts on uranium and and lithium? I mean, do you think these? Uh, you know, just what are your thoughts on on the, the momentum that we've seen in these markets? Well, uranium uh, is you get this sort of slingshot effect uh, with the rise in um, oil prices. So we see oil prices going through the roof and we see natural gas exploding in huge demand for natural gas. And it would only be natural that in, a, in previous cycles that uranium all of a sudden has a run. It's very much like gold. Gold jumps $1,000. What do you think silver is going to do? It's going to go percentage-wise more. Now, lithium is a different beast. Um, you know, lithium is tied into a lot of the sort of the climate change metal. Uh, and I think Robert Freeland's done a wonderful job explaining how copper is the also the key climate change metal. Uh, and, and I think that you have to look at copper that way, uh, silver the same way, and lithium. So silver, the silver gold ratio, I think, can actually shrink, which will surprise people. A lot has to do with these tax credits, like in the U.S., friends of mine would tell me they're looking at one giga what of uh, of electricity in West Texas with solar? You wow. know how much silver is going to be used for that, uh, and and so they, they you're going to see this big push like West Texas first of all by Exxon built all these massive windmills. I mean wind farms for electricity, uh, and then all of a sudden now you're going to have these massive solar farms all across West Texas, which is still I drove through there in the summer. And it's pretty barren out there and there's lots of sunshine and it's hot. So you might as well you know, use the sun and uh, recycle that energy. I think another observation we're talking about uranium. Um, some uranium companies have uh, actively been buying uranium to suck up any any loose uh, material they see in the market, uh, buying their own product. And again, in a way, which, as we spoke about earlier, gold companies do not do. And I think that Bill Gates spent a lot of money on modular, uh, safer uh, nuclear reactors, and uh, and under the Biden administration, um, they'll sort of break. They'll probably get more traction. Uh, I know that uh, it, that is being pushed in the U.S. by another CEO uh, of these sort of smaller nuclear reactors, which are much safer, stable, uh, and and so that may be the next big wave. But really, there's this the need I know of is the data centers. So G5 is exploding. Everyone wants streaming. We got gaming, mobile gaming. Well, also, you need to have uh, data centers to process all of that, uh, all that AI. So you're going to, these data centers are going to become more and more valuable. But they're going to need uh, electricity that is not uh, unstable. They're going to need stable sources of electricity to do their work. Uh, there's a big boom in, in conferences now for smart cities where they put cameras up everywhere and they hook up for your uh, public transportation, tell you exactly when, you're, when the bus will be there. Just like Uber does uh, for when the, where the car is going, you're going to have it for buses. And they've done that in New Zealand. The guy that did New Zealand was the one that created an incredible mobile game, um, which processes 500 million instructions in a second in 32 languages. So he needs those data centers. AI for smart cities is going to need those data centers. Data centers are going to need, besides chips, they're going to need electricity, consistent electricity. And so you're going to see a bigger demand and push for wind and solar as a surplus to natural gas 
And the most safest, really, when you look at it, is these new modular nuclear reactors. Um, so let's turn to our number of week. Uh, Paul, let's have you go first here. Well, given that Michael's not here, I've, I've got a few. Um, a lot of our conversation is focused on cryptocurrencies. So one of those, my numbers is 68,000. You know, Bitcoin hit a record price level, 68,000 this week. Um, another one is uh, 963.40. Um, and that's the all in sustaining costs that IED Gold had in their preliminary economic assessment for Granite Creek in uh, Nevada. That's the first time I've ever seen a company given all in sustaining cost with cents included, in addition to the dollars. Um, and finally, uh, my final number is 33,704. And that's uh, the price in dollars per ton of tin. And tin is up 70%, 77% since the start of the year. Wow. Frank, what's your number of the week? There's no doubt it's inflation. Inflation is the biggest number of the week. Uh, it, it, it rotates around for all relative currencies, uh, 10-year government bonds to two-year government bonds. So I think this new 30-year uh, high in inflation is a big, big number, uh, even though I believe it's greatly understated and, and gold trades higher because of it. Uh, it's just waking up people that uh, for gold. Uh, I think the other part is that uh, Paul mentioned is Bitcoin. And, but, you know, we mine Ethereum at Hive blockchain. I have to put my other hat on for y'all. So <laughs> I can tell you that I've got Hive and a uh, man of many hats. So you can see Hive. Uh, it, we mine Ethereum. We're the only people really mining Ethereum. And we started the company actually mining Ethereum. And Ethereum is up three times what Bitcoin is up in the past year. So Ethereum has outperformed and we are going to announce our earnings next week. And, you know, stay tuned. Put your seatbelt on when you see when we deliver. I mean, it's very exciting. Um, so all time high in Ethereum. The only problem with that is all these kids all of a sudden turn off their games and they're using their uh, AMD chips, et cetera, to start trying to mine at nighttime when they're sleeping, running up their parents' electrical bill. And I met a young guy the other, at uh, an event this week, and he said, oh, yeah, I can make $4,000 a year. I got a new computer from it. Um, that's, that's been, I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be those parents, though. Um, <laughs> uh, and my number of the week, actually, I think it, it ties into everything that we've been saying. Um, interesting report came out from Bank of America last week uh, saying that uh, CapEx uh, is probably is going to have to double uh, for, for miners to, to meet the demand that's, that's, that's being generated from decarbonization, this, this green uh, new deals that we're talking about. Um, and so my number is actually 72 billion. Uh, that's how much uh, Bank of America expects uh, mining companies have to spend on CapEx just to meet uh, the, these uh, decarbonization uh, uh, goals and targets that have been announced. More inflation. <laughs> oh, long ago. That's the only hedge you can. Anyone's the mining, every copper miner, every steel worker, go buy some gold, hedge yourself. Well, and, and to put that into perspective, uh, just over 90 billion is spent just regular on CapEx uh, for the last 10 years. So it's, yeah, a lot of spending has to, uh, has to occur just to meet these, these, these new targets. So thank you, Frank, for uh, joining us today. Wheels up. Everybody, thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to uh, where you listen to your podcast. On behalf of Paul Harris, myself, and Frank Holmes, thank you very much. Have a great weekend.